And you may consider it some sort of quiet season in college sports, but let me tell you, we got basketball, we got bowl games, we got our best bets before we wrap up today. We're going to touch on all of them. We even got my man, John Martin, all the way out in Vegas. He had a killer case of insomnia, so he decided to treat himself to a couple of Raiders games twice in five days. So don't worry, plenty of Zs for John now. Alongside John Martin and RJ Choppy, I am Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. You are locked in every Thursday night to the Odyssey Sports channel on YouTube. And, of course, we air Friday nights and Saturday mornings live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network and wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. Let's start with, well, rather than the sports book, the courtroom. How about this? We got the text that flashed across our screen on Wednesday afternoon. Our guy, Choppy, was the first to notice it. He said, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. The two-time transfer rule has been, well, basically knocked down at least for two weeks by a federal district judge in northern West Virginia, about an hour down the road from me here, actually. He said, hey, no, no, no. The NCAA can't be in charge of granting waivers for an undergrad making his second transfer. It's the NCAA. They're a disaster. We don't trust them to do anything right. So players who have made a second undergraduate transfer are immediately eligible And we saw an impact right away. Last night, UNLV upsets number eight Creighton in Las Vegas. 79-64, they upset him good. Ten points from Kalen Boone in 31 minutes, who was just made eligible with this ruling yesterday afternoon. This weekend, we could see a number of games impacted, including, speaking of West Virginia, Raekwon Battle as the Mountaineers, as well as Noah Farrakhan. Both of those guys may be immediately eligible when they go up to Massachusetts to play the Minutemen. There will be countless others, I'm sure, Choppy, but the floodgates have opened, at least for the next two weeks. Those second-time transfers, they are immediately eligible to play. Man, if I'm Florida State, I'm petitioning the College Football Playoff Committee said, hey, can we get a transfer in here? Can we get Dylan Gabriel to come here for a weekend and we can go make this happen? Riley Leonard, where are you at, man? Can we get Malik Murphy? He's transferred out of Texas. Can we get him to do this? I, I am. Uh, I, have, I was floored by the decision. I mean, I, I, I guess we expected it, but it, uh, it the Wild West is going to happen. It, there is no doubt. Like, if chaos wasn't already here, uh, chaos is his – the plane's landed. Um, you know, it's – I have mixed feelings on this because, like you, sh- you know, I, I you should be able to go where you want to go, and if you don't like it somewhere, leave. But uh, I also think just the idea of going somewhere every single year and just at the end of the year put yourself up to the highest bidder every year, and I think it's going to force schools to give out four-year contracts. Uh, you know, it's going to force schools to try to get these kids to sign contracts. The schools, I guess, are going to try to force the kids to sign contracts. Because it's not really it, – you can't really build your team. Uh, you, can't, you can't sustain it. You can build it this way for a year, but doing this every year, that's a wild way to go, man. Yeah, John, this is this is going to – you know, RJ alludes to the fact that it, it could open up year-to-year transfers in some cases. The thing I have an eye on more is that it's going to make it really hard for our purposes <laughs> betting on games just the next couple of weeks – 
to look at, for example, guys walking onto the court for the first time, despite, you know, having been able to practice with teams for months now. Um, it, 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 you know, it kind of feeds into as well what we've talked a, a little bit about with bowl season as well. It's damned hard to figure out, you know, with guys going into the portal, guys opting out, what teams are going to look like basketball or football for just the next two weeks immediately. Like, do your homework, I guess, is is I'm going to get up on my soapbox here for just a second and implore everyone, before you make any bets, especially big ones, do your homework and find out who's playing and who's not because whether it's basketball with guys now being eligible or football with guys deciding to opt out or hit the portal, you don't know who's going to be available in the next couple of weeks for any of these games. Uh, yeah, uh, that is that is definitely uh, – I, I was at the uh, UNLV game last night, as a matter of fact. Uh, so oh, I, well. I was, I saw, it, yeah, I saw it firsthand. Um, and I had Creighton and, oh. and I was walking, I was walking out of the building saying, damn you, TRO cost me that. <laughs> I mean, I'm so used to losing now. It's just like, you know, whatever. It's one more thing. Um, what's interesting though about, um, you know, all of this is that the NCAA is saying essentially that, you know, this is only, this is, this is only for two weeks and that, you know, if this is revisited after these two weeks is up and, you know, ultimately we went in court, uh, you're, you're going to lose season eligibility uh, if you play, you know, which I, I guess for those people, it's like, well, what do I have to lose? I already wasn't, you know, eligible to play anyway, but uh, right. this isn't, you know, this, this is not necessarily, you know, the, uh, the, the end of this, of this discussion. I mean, it's a temporary thing, you know, could it, could it help a team for two weeks? You know, sure. But this is, you know, this is December. It's not March, and you know there are calculations that you have to make as a basketball coach. You know, do we think this is going to ultimately result in our favor? You know, do we really think the NCAA is going to lose this? They do lose a lot. You or you sort of have to make a bet there. Like, do I think you know that this is going to hold up or be extended and go on until the rest of the season, or is it going to be? You know, you still know. So, I I, I know you for UNLV. UNLV in this, in this instance stunk. They they were a bad team headed nowhere. They have nothing to lose uh, and everything to gain by playing, you know. But if you're a, a team, you know, that is on, on track and you may want this guy to play, you know, in February or March and you don't have an answer yet and you're holding out hope, you know, I think that's an entirely different set of, of, of circumstances. So uh, it's, it's, it's nothing new. The NCAA making something very complicated as always. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is this judge uh, seemed very intent on not allowing there to be, uh, I'm going to use the wrong word, I'm going to say reprisal, but for example, if Raekwon Battle goes out and plays for West Virginia for the next two weeks, and then the NCAA ends up winning their argument, and uh, these guys you know, will have played under what will then be, I guess, deemed illegal conditions, or at least according to the NCAA legal conditions, um, the judge uh, has ruled that they they won't be able to, you know, strip those wins or um, hold these players accountable. It, it, it is. It's very sticky for the next couple of weeks. The next hearing is on uh, December 27th, and we'll see where it goes from there. But this, this Judge Bailey... Um, in West Virginia seems intent on trying to take the NCAA down a peg or two or completely off their pedestal for the way they handled the Raekwon battle waiver case specifically and the way their waivers in general 
have been sort of applied willy-nilly, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, in the past. We'll see. I think think this ends up being another another rung taken out for the NCAA, and eventually there's not going to be anything left in the middle of the ladder, and it's just going to collapse. We'll see, but those things take time. Another thing we wanted to touch on before we get into just some we, – we touched very quickly on general early season college basketball takeaways last week towards the end of the show. Before we touch on them a little bit more specifically, this is hilarious to me in that – what happened to Louisville basketball? Louisville basketball for years was a juggernaut, was a powerhouse. They are a disaster this year. And this Karan Davis – transfer no I didn't ask for a transfer well don't worry you've been dismissed is he in trouble no he's not in trouble thing has been a giant disaster John and this program I mean look we've had coaches give press conferences earlier in the season talk about guys didn't play because they didn't have the right tights to wear under their shorts Louisville has become a disaster man and I don't know it, with the ACC already struggling with the perception of the top-end programs in that conference, and people think that conference isn't necessarily as deep as it once was or strong as it once was, Louisville's not doing a lot to sort of prop up the conference here. Nah, man. Um, it's it's sad to watch. And, you know, I mean, obviously being in Memphis, you know, that used to be a high-profile rivalry between those two programs. Mm-hmm. And so you just you – know, you come to expect a certain level of – you know, excellence um, and a standard there that Kenny Payne is just not coming close to, to reaching. Uh, at no point in his tenure did it ever look uh, like he was going to do that. Um, I really don't know what they're waiting on. Uh, and I will say, like, this is, you know, this is the, the, the peril of hiring a former player because eventually if it doesn't go well, you have to make that decision. And Kenny Payne mm-hmm. is a is a storied Cardinal. I mean, he won a championship with them back in the '80s. He played four years. He was a first round draft pick. He's a guy that's beloved, you know, by that place. And now you have to do the hardest thing, which is you know tell him that he doesn't have a job here anymore at his alma mater. I mean, I I know it again as a Memphian because they had to do it to Larry Finch, and it took a long time for this city. Uh, and this program to recover from that because it just left such such a big emotional scar that you had to do that to, you know, one of your favorite sons. And so Louisville and Memphis are very similar in that way in terms of basketball tradition. Mm-hmm. It's not an enviable position, but it's one that I think they know. I mean, we could sit here and we could go through the whole year if you want. You want to see him get bludgeoned in ACC play and get beat the hell up. But I think all precincts are reporting on pain. And uh, I think the answer is he's got to go. Yeah, four and six choppy. They've got losses to such juggernauts as Arkansas State and DePaul and uh, Chattanooga. Uh, It's -hmm. falling apart there. And, you know, we can talk about the top of the ACC and whether the ACC gets screwed in a year where maybe Duke has a down year or UNC has a down year. You know, when, when Clemson is the flag bearer for the conference, this isn't a knock against Clemson. Clemson is a damn good team this year. They're still undefeated. But it, it seems to take a little bit of the bloom off the ACC rows. And when a program like Louisville is as down and out as they are now, it's not helping the conference as a whole. It's not the, the rising tide is not lifting all boats, as the saying goes. No, it's not. Um, you know, part of the problem is, is that, you know, also like this is this is what happens when you lose a legendary coach. And, 
you know, a lot of teams figure this out. Like, you know, Duke is going to have, you know, Duke's going through this now with, uh, with Shire, uh, you know, Carolina. I know they made a run with Herbert, but I mean, they're figuring out it ain't, it ain't as easy when you don't have Dean Smith and Roy Williams and Coach K or Rick Patino. Um, you know, some programs are immune to that. You know, I know Kentucky fans weren't exactly, you know, they thought they had a great coach at Tubby Smith. They weren't thrilled with him, though. Um, you know, they 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 had, uh, you know, Billy Gillespie. He, you know, he, he didn't work out there. There's been plenty of coaches that have gone to places that historically win. And for some reason, whatever reason, they're just a bad fit. You know, they're just a bad fit sometimes. Uh, UCLA has found this out uh, the hard way at certain points. Um yeah, it's look, they're a really good program. They're far too good of a program to be on the times that they are. But I mean, I guess every program is going to have a, a a down stretch. Um maybe not this bad, but they're all going to yeah. be down at some point. Michigan State's going through a bad stretch right now. Yeah, you're right. They they haven't been able to get their sea legs at all. So, real quick, since since you mentioned Michigan State, they're one of the games, big games being played. Uh, that we'll we'll get into in a couple of minutes, but let, let's talk about some of the the programs that are playing well um, and national championship odds. Arizona Purdue going to meet each other. We'll touch on that as well in a couple of minutes, but they're both ten to one. Kansas eleven to one. UConn and Marquette fourteen to one. Houston sixteen to one. John, just be, your national title favorite right now. If you had to put down a bet, it's early, man. A lot of these teams have played one or no, no conference games at this point, but. Um, as you look at it right now, uh, if you had to place a national title bet, who you got about 45 seconds? Uh, uh, UConn, again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I, I think they're built for another run. I mean, obviously, uh, a big man there in the middle, Clean Kong, love him. Um, they're, obviously, Tristan Newton came back, and a lot of the pieces that were producers last year are, are still there. Um, so they know how to do it. They know how to win in March. They know how to survive in advance. And I'm just not really compelled by anybody else right now. I mean, I'm just not. I'm just not. I'm not there yet. So I'd say UConn would yeah. be probably the the value for me. Yeah, I, I mentioned them last week, right at the end of the show. And Choppy is. It, I mean, is it a clean sweep, or are, are we all looking? Is is it more? Is it more a case of what John mentioned there? Like, hey, there's nobody else that's really knocking our socks off yet. That we we just default to the reigning champ. It's a big part of it. I mean, everybody's got, uh, you know, you know, Kansas didn't look great against uh, what Marquette, um, you know, Purdue, uh, Purdue could be a team, but look, I mean, I, I think UConn's probably it. I saw, I saw the, the cool stat the other day that the, if you're ranked the top 12 uh, in the week six AP poll, the last 19 champs have come from that. So that's a good start. <laughs> Check that box, baby. The week Check six the bo- AP Oh, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, well, speaking of the AP poll, a lot of big ranked teams are on the road facing big matchups. We got a big one, in fact, in Indianapolis where Arizona and Purdue play Saturday night. We talk about that game and a few other of those big ones before we turn our attention towards or the early start to bowl season. It's all on the way alongside RJ Choppy and John Martin. I'm Chris Mack, and this is Beck ULU. MGM. In about 15, 20 minutes from now, uh, we start to look at the early slate of bowl games because there are six or seven of them on Saturday, uh, another one on Monday night, another one on Tuesday. So we are done. Now, this doesn't speak to the quality of the games, but if nothing else, there are games to watch and to bet on. So 
We'll talk uh, briefly about those and get you our best bets before we wrap up here as well. Some interesting names have hit the portal and are already committing to other big Power 5 locations in football. We'll talk about that before we wrap up as well here on BetQLU. I'm Chris Mack alongside RJ Choppy and John Martin. We've got you covered, and we have got, speaking of a big slate of games, boys, we've got at least half a dozen uh, in college basketball on Saturday that should have us paying attention from about noon all the way up until 11 o'clock or so at night Eastern time. Let's start with the big one. It's only on Peacock, so go ahead, go go find somebody who's got a password for it. Or no, why would I ever say that? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't share passwords. What kind of person does that? No. Go get your Peacock subscription to watch number one Arizona against number three Purdue in Indianapolis. Ken Palm projected line Purdue laying two against the number one team in the country in a total right around one sixty two. Um, these are two teams, guys. They both went out ugly in March. They both got extended, really extended in Purdue's case, Final Four droughts. Um, in Purdue's case, you've got the, the widely regarded best player in the country in Zach Eady, and yet here we are talking about how long these two teams may hang around in the top five and then what they may actually be able to do with it, if anything, come tournament time, John. Um, if nothing else, we get a nice early look at these two on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central. Yeah, I mean, you know, if this game were in March um, instead of, you know, December, I would definitely like Arizona a little bit more. Um, But because it's not (laughs) and because, you know, Purdue is getting this game, you know, at home, um, essentially, I just just have to roll with the Boilermakers in this one. Um, I I like Arizona's guards a lot. I, I really, truly do. Um, and, and I don't think there's any denying the ability and the, and the upside on this team. I mean, that, that, that win at Duke is not a fluke. I mean, they went in there and they took it, and their guards are certainly superior to what Purdue is going to throw out there. But I don't really see how they slow down Zach E. You know, he is a, he's, he's a different beast than Filipowski. Um, I just think he dominates in this one. Um, again, I think March is a guards month, and that's when, you know, when and how games are lost. And then, but you know, because this is a, a regular season game, I think Purdue has most of the advantages in this one, and so I think two is is a good look actually in this one. Yeah, Edie's just so big, man, and it's 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 got to be a nightmare, and it is a nightmare to match up with him. Plus, he makes his free throws; like he's a really good free throw shooter. A lot of times, big men will just clang it out the backboard, but. I mean, this guy makes it in the in the seventies and, and low eighty percents uh, most of the time. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. This is in uh, this is in March. Give me the guards all day. Uh, give me the team that'll shoot the uh, they'll build knock down the three. Purdue's guards aren't terrible. They can shoot. Uh, they can get hot. The real problem is they can also get really really cold. I watched them up close that Tennessee game, and they went really cold for a stretch uh, where they weren't scoring. And you'll see that anyway in in, in the college game, but. I think Purdue with Edie is just too tough right now. Uh, again, you're right. Come March, give me the guards. Right now, I'll take Purdue. Purdue does have the one loss. It's on the road, though, at Northwestern, playing on the road in the Big Ten. We know how nasty it is. I think combined road record right now in Big Ten conference games is something like 6-16. Six and 16. Um, So playing on the road in the Big Ten, no fun. For Arizona, like you said, John, essentially playing a road game here 
um, at Purdue in Indianapolis. Indianapolis, um, easy for me to say. Uh, I think I'm with you guys as well on uh, a short number here for Purdue to take care of business. And then when we when we reconvene, and both of these teams are presumably on uh, you know the top line or the second line uh, come bracket time in March, maybe we're we're talking a different game and a different story. But I think as far as this one goes on Saturday, it does lean Purdue. There are a slew of other games worth keeping an eye on. We've got number two, Kansas, at Indiana, laying six. Again, these Ken Palm lines as of Thursday night. Uh, Number six, Baylor, uh, visiting Michigan State in Detroit. You've got number four, Houston, against A&M at the Toyota Center in Houston. You've got Clemson undefeated against John's Memphis Tigers. You've got UNC, Kentucky, Blue Blood City. Uh, And you've got Alabama against number eight, Creighton. The Blue Jays trying to bounce back from that loss in Vegas on Wednesday night. So which of these games, Choppy, stand out to you? Any bets that you like on any of these? Anything in particular you're looking for in any one of these other five or six games that are littering our Saturday afternoon and evening landscape? Yeah, there's two of them that kind of stand out. One uh, one I would touch, the other one I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch the Michigan State one. I know Baylor's only a four-point uh, spread. That, that's a low number. Uh, but, man, Michigan State, it makes no sense what's going on there. Uh, Tom Mizzo's out playing his accordion uh, for the boosters the other night, just like like whistling while you know, play the fiddle while Rome is burning. Uh, that tells me that he's, he ain't that worried. Um so I wouldn't touch that one. That game scares me a little bit. I like A&M plus the 10-ish against Houston. That is not a home game for Houston. Um, no. Houston is A&M country. Make that – remember that. Houston is Texas A&M country. It is not Houston Cougar country. That is going to be uh, – it'll be a, a split crowd. I think A&M is, is, uh, is uh, not nearly they're – not, they're not great. They're not great. I think Houston is one of the better teams in the country. I don't think it's it's going to be a a ten point game. I think they probably win by about six or seven. John, what do you like when you look at this set of games that we got sitting in front of us for Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be the homer. I think Memphis Clemson is is a, a, a great. It's it's the best game of the weekend that no one will see because right. it's on ESPN for some reason. Uh, I guess that the the thinking was, you know, that Clemson probably would be nine and zero, and you know, hard to ex- know what to expect from Memphis every single year. But you know, I think this is a quasi top twenty five matchup. I mean, Memphis to me is definitely a top twenty five team. I've been beating that drum. You know, voters kind of slow to recognize it, but you know, I definitely think this is going to be a, a, a hellacious game. Last game, most likely before Memphis. Um, Gets Naquan Tomlin, the Kansas State transfer, admitted, enrolled, and on the court. Um, but they're, I, I think Memphis is, is a legitimate team. Um, I think they're a team that can really make some noise in March and make a deep run because they've got all the pieces. So, you know, for me, Clemson, Memphis, like I said, best game this weekend that nobody's going to see. Yeah, I want to see how Memphis handles P.J. Hall. Um, I like Clemson, actually, in that one. Um, uh, it, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think I, I agree with you, John. I think Memphis is underrated at this point in that they aren't ranked. Um, the other one I really like is Indiana, Kansas. Uh, Jayhawks riding a five game winning streak. Indiana getting six. Um, 
I, I like the Hoosiers in that one for the upset. I do. Um, I think at the very least it's a tight game that comes Ooh. down to the final minute, final couple of possessions. Um, there, there's something about being – and look, the, the Big Ten, a couple teams have had one, two road games already. Um, Indiana, one of those teams that has a road win already in the conference uh, in Big Ten play. And I just – they look battle-tested to me already in December. So – I like Indiana to at the very least cover the number, but an ups, out, outright upset wouldn't surprise me either against Kansas. You know, we talk about teams that are in the national title picture that we have our doubts about, and I have my doubts with Kansas. Baylor is one I have my doubts with as well. Uh, RJ, you mentioned uh, the Bears visiting Michigan State in Detroit. Um, but the, Kansas, I, I – I, I, they – they don't impress me going up against Indiana on the road in that one. So I think we get an early upset on Saturday afternoon, Jayhawks at the Hoosiers. So somebody had an interesting idea, and I was going to bring this up this week, but and, and maybe we can get in on the act as well. They made a good point in, um, in talking about the CFP, right, and how we get a weekly show the last five, six weeks mm-hmm. leading up to the final ranking for the CFP. So we get to see this thing progress and it's made for TV. Um, It doesn't really mean anything until the final week, but we all sit here and argue about it all week. I can't believe this team's ahead of this team. Oh my God, what are they doing? Um, Wouldn't it be something if we had something similar for college basketball and we got to see like if Joe Lenardi just went on the air for a half hour every Monday night or Sunday night, whatever it may be, for like the final five or six weeks before the official bracket gets revealed and gave us a faux bracket, right? That wouldn't mean anything, but it would give us something to argue about with each other. Is this a great idea, John, or is this a terrible idea? And should we start building our own every week? I mean, I I, I don't um, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think actually it's it's it could be useful for, for everybody, um, some transparency, because, you know, you have a lot of programs that are completely in the dark about what they, I mean, obviously you have to win, you know, it's, it's, right. you know, you can't, you know, it's like, Oh, well, if we lose this game, but I think it's just nice to, you know, it would be nice. And I don't think it would like harm anybody. I think the, the college basketball is a sport that really struggles with getting the consciousness um, and, and the conscience of America until March, until late yeah. February. So, so yeah. what if to gin up some interest in all of this, you could you could do that just the same way that the College Football Playoff Committee does. And and I know it take it would take a lot more time because you're dealing with 72 teams instead of four. But I mean, or I guess top 25 in this in this in this you know discussion, but. I, I don't. I don't really think it would be bad at all. It would get conversation going. It would get interest going. Teams could know exactly where they stand, so they wouldn't be surprised come March. Um, I know that's a big thing, the reveal. You know, the big reveal. But you could still have that suspense based on you know what took place in the conference tournaments. You know, you could still have that uh, at the end of the season. So I would be in favor of it, just trying to get attention going for the sport and get people talking about it because that does not happen in January and, and most of February. Right. I'm in. I, it's a great idea. I, I would love to know where they stand. You know, then you don't get surprised uh, when the thing comes out in, uh, on, on a Sunday night. Uh, and then all of a sudden you got to figure out where, where, who's going. 
I would love to see them uh, everybody do this. Now, I know they do the top 16, but I would like to see a more formal Joey Brackets yeah. bracket. I want to see us do a Joey Brackets bracket. Let's let's test your knowledge. I want to see who you got at 67, 68, and 69. Of course. Well, yeah, you you have to yeah. You you got to get the the first team out, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. That that would be nice. I mean, Very nice. Three technically. Nice. 73 would be yeah. technical, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm all for it. I'm all for for, for creating controversy and, and like you said, John, stirring up interest. Because right now, and, and think, of, and this is honestly, this is something to think about. I think if you're if you're major college basketball, if you're the networks in particular that are making all the money off the back of major college basketball, as the NFL season continues to push further and further into the winter, and look. Right, I think Super Bowl Sunday this year is going to be the day before Valentine's Day or two days before Valentine's Day. It is. As it continues to push more and more into February, you're right. You're cutting down on the amount of time people are spending invested in college basketball as the number one game on the on the national sports landscape. It really is only for – and look, there are always going to be people that are only in – for the brackets, only in for tournament time, right? The office ladies who, you know, pick Louisville because I saw a Cardinal on my back deck the other day. Okay, Louisville goes to the Sweet 16. Like, that's always wow. going to be a thing. Yeah, Karen oh, wow. talks just like that. Karen in accounting, Holy the one who cow. approved all those paycheck things you applied. You you tried sneaking on the timesheet last week, Choppy. Karen talks just like that. Anyway. You're always going to have those people, but you want to get the, the 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 sports fan interested in this thing, and you know you're going to continue to compete with the NFL for oxygen into mid-February. Eventually, that season will get expanded as well to 18 games in 20 weeks. We'll be talking about a March Super Bowl someday. you got to fight for that air and that oxygen. So I think it's a it's we'll start doing it soon. I don't know if we do it next week. we got a bunch of bowl games to talk about next week, but... Maybe once we flip the calendar into January, we'll start building our own little BetQLU bracket as well. John, you down for it? I'm in, man. I, I, I mean, I, I love college basketball. I watch a lot of it. I bet a lot of it. So uh, I'll absolutely be in on it, man. I, I, I think uh, a good you know, strategy for anybody, if they're going to be betting, um, is to come up with their own sort of set of power ratings, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know separate of, you know, the market consensus. You know what I'm saying? So – uh, and then just test sort of your own, your eyeballs and, and, and what you see, you know, and, and see if you can be profitable doing it. So I'm all in, man. Let's go. And by the way, Choppy, I talked to Karen in accounting. She did approve those those timesheet entries. So I think you're good. I, I, um, I've seen nothing. I have seen nothing. <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow's payday. Don't worry about it. It's going to clear. It's going to hit. It's going to hit. That's right. And then, John, and then John can afford to fly home from Vegas, too, assuming the Raiders don't put him to sleep again. <laughs> Uh, we speaking of football, we got the college variety to talk about. Bowl week is here, and it is hitting hard on Saturday. Half a dozen games to talk about, even a Monday night game, a Tuesday game. Plenty to get to. We get to it next right here alongside our best bets as well with RJ Choppy and John Martin. I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. We've, we've uh, friendly advised you cautiously against what those basketball bets may look like over the next couple of weeks. We dive into the bowl bets, which also, with all the opt-outs and transfer window stuff happening, you know, could get a little hairy. We'll get into that in just a couple minutes, plus our best bets as well here 
on BetQL. You alongside RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. John Martin, we told you earlier, he's basically doing this from vacation. He was out in Vegas, was able to join us for the first couple segments of the show. He had to run so he could literally get across the street to Allegiant Stadium. Uh, he was out there for his lovely Raiders, who I'm sure won't put him to sleep against the Chargers as they did against the Vikings. Maybe they will. Who the hell knows? It's Aiden O'Connell against Easton Stick, RJ. I don't even know what the hell you're supposed to make of that, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, God yeah. bless John. He, he, let's be fair. He's passed out <laughs> of the crap table right now. He ain't in no game. Right. He didn't okay. even make He's it across the street. Come on, he's out of the game. You're, you're, you're totally right. He promised he was going to send us a, a screenshot of his roulette bet. We'll see if that actually comes through or not, too. You told him to put put some down on, on a... Red 18. Uh, red 18. On red 18. We'll see if he comes through or not, and then update everybody next week as well. It is the start of bowl season. We'll talk about the first few bowl games. Stacked slate on Saturday, as well as one Monday afternoon and Tuesday night in just a second. But... With bowl season and the holidays comes BetMGM's seven days of parlays. BetMGM account holders, you're going to receive a token to use on select parlays and same game parlays each day during the promo period, December 18th through December 24th, Christmas Eve. All you got to do to get the offer, go to the seven days of parlays page inside your BetMGM app, claim your daily reward, That parlay boost token can be used on select parlays and same-game parlays each day during the promotion. You score a bigger payout, obviously, if you win your parlay with the token activated. A little happy holidays wish for you from the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. And uh, day six, December 23rd, will be the football parlay boost token. That's a football parlay boost token that covers both pro football and college football. Again, a different one every day. If I'm putting together a bowl, a BetQLU bowl parlay for the first weekend, the first couple days of bowl season, Choppy, I'm going money line and I'm going App State. I'm going to go App State at minus 250. I'm going to go. I'm going to plug these right into my BetMGM app right now. UCLA at minus 190. And oh, there's one on Tuesday that I think we all like UTSA against Marshall. That's minus 500. We parlay those three together, Choppy. We're going to get plus 156 without even plugging our token in. Bang. I I, I, I know. I I think you can get. uh, I think you can get more, more, more gutsy too. I think you can throw Jacksonville State in there. I think okay. you can throw New Mexico State in there. New Mexico State's a good one, right. I think, as well. All um, right. We're up to five yeah, legs I, now. I think you got five legs here, a solid five legs, and we're good to go, Ooh. man. You ready for the odds on this one? This is without the parlay boost token. Are you ready? Plus 567, RJ. We're cashing. This is this is a classic RJ Choppy pizza money parlay here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to. We're going to take a pizza money parlay and we're going to turn it into the hundo that John drops on red 18 at the roulette table. And then we're going to take that and we're going to turn those winnings around and bet even more. This is exactly what happened. It's like we're virtually in Vegas with John right now. John just won 3,500 bucks on that red 18. <laughs> exactly. And he won't you know be coming back. Maybe he won't be back next week. Maybe. No, he'll maybe, be back. <laughs> he'll, he'll be back because. That that probably only breaks him even for the trip. <laughs> this is true. He was he was he was feeling some pain before he the is. show started today. He was not happy. Um, he was not happy. All right. 
So we got half a dozen bowl games on Saturday. Like I mentioned, Monday afternoon, Tuesday night. I'm going to run through the matchups real quick. Um, and you tell me which of these you like. I'll tell you which ones I like. Uh, it starts 11 a.m. bright and early on Saturday. 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. The Myrtle Beach Bowl, Georgia Southern, laying three and a half against Ohio. We've got the New Orleans Bowl at 2.15 Eastern, 11.15 a.m. Pacific. Jacksonville State, you mentioned them already. They're laying less than a field goal, only two and a half against the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. We've got the Cure Bowl, the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. I can't sing jingles. I suck. Miami of Ohio <laughs> against App State. App State laying almost a full touchdown, six and a half. Uh, that one in Orlando, a 3.30 Eastern kick on Saturday. The New Mexico Bowl, a 5.45 Eastern kick on Saturday. New Mexico State laying three and a hook against Fresno State. Coaching change there, or a uh, an interim coach, I should say, I guess. L.A. Bowl, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. UCLA laying four and a half against Boise uh, in what amounts to a home game for the Bruins. The Independence Bowl, the, the nightcap on Saturday, Texas Tech hosting Cal, who just barely got bowl eligible, winning three in a row yes. to end their regular season. Um, that is the Red Raiders by three, favored in that one. And then we got Monday afternoon, what used to be the Bahamas Bowl, the famous Toastery Bowl being played in Charlotte because they're, I guess, remodeling the stadium in Nassau, Bahamas. Western mm-hmm. Kentucky against ODU, ODU laying less than a field goal, two and a half. And then Tuesday night, UTSA laying 13 against Marshall in the Frisco Bowl. And and not a home game for UTSA necessarily, but they don't have to go too far. Uh, Just a couple hours up the road to the Metroplex. Uh, So we've got eight games there. Tell me where you're leaning and what some of your favorite plays are in these things. Uh, You know, I like... Um, I like Jacksonville State minus mm-hmm. two and a half. Um, I like that game. That game's in New Orleans, uh, so it's kind of a home game for you, la la. I still like yeah. Jacksonville State. I like New Mexico State as well in the three and a half. They're a good team. Um, you know they 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 obviously beat Auburn on the road. They're they're a solid football team. And then I think UTSA. You know I don't know if I would touch the thirteen. It's a big point spread. Yeah. Uh, but if you can find a way to tease that down to seven points, I think you're onto something. I think those oh, are the three games call. I would really be looking at. I like the teaser option on the UTSA spread. I do. I know John mentioned before he bugged out that he got that at like 10, 10 and a half uh, right after it opened, which is a much better number. Um, I still don't I, I'm, I don't want to lay 13. So I, pro- I mm-hmm. do like the idea of including that in a teaser. Um, I really like UCLA against Boise State. Like I said, de facto home game being played in L.A. Boise's got a lot of issues. Their defense wasn't nearly as good this year as it has been the last few years. Um, they've got an interim coach who was just named head coach. They've got, they're down to their third quarterback on the year. They were going with a sort of dual quarterback option. One guy hit the portal. Another one's injured and out for the year. Uh, so they'll be playing a True freshman quarterback, I believe he's a true freshman, taking his first snaps as a college quarterback in the L.A. Bowl on the road against UCLA. So I really like UCLA. Even though that thing opened at like two and a half or three and has bumped up to four and a half, I'm still cool with that. Although, if I wanted to include it in the teaser maybe and get me on the other side just in case things go sideways, 
Um, those are the two that really jump out to me, the UTSA game and then uh, UCLA against Boise State. But th- those are definitely two of my favorites from the first few days of bowl season. Don't forget, next week when John is back and it's all three of us together again, uh, we will have a special two-hour bowl preview special. And yeah. this will take you through just about every game from what? I, I, don't, I don't even know, from like Christmas Eve all the way out through New Year's Day. We mm-hmm. will just we will sit here for two hours and literally preview every game. And again, like we've told you a couple times during the show, buyer beware with these bowl games. You don't know when opt-outs are going to happen. You don't know when things are going to change at the last minute. So just make sure you're on top of it. We'll do our best next week to keep you up to date on all of those games as well as we push through Christmas and then into that uh, Christmas New Year's week when, again, I'm just I'm going to count right now December 26th through January 1st, the number of bowl games. You bear with me because counting, right. you see the Penn State hat on my head, not my strong suit. One, <laughs> two, three. Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four games, twenty-four bowl games for us to preview next week, including the CFP semifinals. There is not a day between December twenty-sixth and January first outside of New Year's Eve, which will be a Sunday, so owned by the NFL. There is not a day without at least three bowl games being played on it that week. I can't wait. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. And the bulk of them really are Power 5 teams, too. So they're programs you recognize, players you recognize, especially if your team is in the tank uh, in the NFL and you're thinking more about draft picks this time of year instead of playoff positioning. It's a great opportunity maybe to see some guys. Again, some guys will opt out, but you never know when you'll get a chance to find a diamond in the rough, maybe. So before we get out of here, let's get people our best bets for this week. Uh, I know John, again, like I mentioned, he gave us a couple things before he left, said he really likes the Lions, Detroit, this week. He thinks uh, Dan Campbell and the Lions bounce back, only laying three this week. So there you go. We got you John's official best bet uh, before he got out of here. Choppy, what do you like? I I, I do like the Lions one. I'm not going to pick it, but I do like that one. Um, I got two. I like New Mexico State minus three and a half against Fresno State, but mm-hmm. that's uh, that's not it. my best bet. My official best bet for the week. I told you last week the Cowboys were going to wax the Philadelphia Eagles, and they did. And the Bills cover minus two. Take Buffalo Ooh. minus two. Cowboy you know, Cowboys are out so outdoors, uh, away from home. They struggle. Their next two games. At Buffalo, at Miami, they don't play well on grass. They've lost like eight or last ten on grass, and they don't play well outdoors. And that's where mm-hmm. Buffalo plays. Last I checked, still outdoors. Uh, yep. And the weather will be cold. It'll be in the forties and rain, which means we're going to have Dacky two gloves out there most likely. <laughs> I will take Buffalo minus the two. All right, you know what? I feel like since you guys both went with NFL plays, I already mentioned the bowl games that I like, UCLA, UTSA. Earlier I mentioned I like Indiana to to at least cover the six, if not straight out upset Kansas in hoops this weekend. So I'll add one more, and it'll be an NFL play. And I'm going to go against my Steelers. They're on the road in Indianapolis with Mitch Trubisky starting. 
we all know Mitch Trubisky, unfortunately, and we know this probably does not end well. I think the Steelers probably only win one or two down the stretch. Things have gone totally sideways in the locker room there. I don't think one of the ones they win is in Indianapolis on Saturday, a 4.30 Eastern kick on NFL Network. Indy only laying one and a half. Lay the point and a half and take the Colts. Minshew mania over whatever we call whatever Mitch Trubisky is, Mm. I guess. And that'll be my best bet. We'll go all NFL on best bets this week. Again, next week, a special two-hour bowl preview edition of BetQLU. John will be back. Choppy will be here. I'll be here as well. Chris Mack for Zach, for video producer Dan as well. Thanks for joining us on the latest edition of BetQLU.